Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty. This is the Punk Rock NBA Podcast. Today's guest, I'm very, 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 very excited to have her on, Melissa Marie from Millionaires. Yes, you heard me right, Millionaires, the MySpace legends. You remember them from their song Alcohol that everybody hated back in the day, and now everyone's kind of like, actually, that song was kind of cool, and they were pretty fun. Really excited to have her on and talk about what it was like back in the day on MySpace, you know, because so much of what she did and people like Jeffree Star and Andy Biersack and some of those other people from back then, so much of what they did back then laid the groundwork for what we think of as influencers now. And I don't really think that they get the credit that they deserve for that. So I was excited to sit down with her and talk about just kind of exactly how that happened And when she realized that she had become a quote-unquote influencer, what it feels like to look at those people now and the ups and downs of that. Because as you probably know if you're listening to this, Millionaires got a lot of hate. And they were like, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old back then. So what was it like going through all that? We talk about all that and more in this show. But before I get into that, there are three things that you can do to support the show if you like this podcast. Number one, you can share it on social media. Please tag me, tag the guest, tag Deanna. Really helps us a lot when you do that because as I've talked about before, the platforms like Apple and Spotify really don't do much to help people find podcasts. So if you share it on your social media, that helps us a lot. You can also leave a review if you want. Second thing you can do if you really like the show, you can support us on Patreon. Patrons get access to every show a week early. There's a monthly Q&A. There's an opportunity to have me review your band or YouTube channel or podcast or any other project you want to send my way. If you're interested in that, there's a link in the show notes. Third thing you can do is you can buy some merch. We've got some pretty nice t-shirts and hoodies and some other stuff. There's a link to that in the show notes. And lastly, if you have a podcast that you want to get off the ground or maybe you already have a podcast, you just want to do it bigger and better, you want some help with it, please contact our producer and editor, Deanna Chapman. She is amazing. She is the brains behind this show. So if you want help with your podcast, hit her up. There's a link to her website in the show notes. And with that out of the way, let's get into the show. Melissa Marie, Melissa Millionaire, Melissa Green. Which, which What do you go by when you introduce yourself to somebody at Starbucks? What do you go by? I guess I just go by Melissa at Starbucks, but <laughs> Melissa Marie, I guess. <laughs> Melissa, okay. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm really excited to to talk. You you know, I don't use this word lightly, but you are a legend, a true legend. You're so sweet, honestly. I never thought I'd hear that coming from you, <laughs> believe me. You are a legend. It's true. So well, I appreciate it. There's a lot of things I want to talk to you about, but for anybody that has not kept touch with what you're up to since Millionaires or maybe since Bad Girls Club, what are you up to these days? What's kept you busy the past several years? I know you moved around a little bit. Where are you, where are you at now? Yeah, so um, I did move to England for a bit, and then I moved back to the States, and then I 
I've been working actually in the uh, the medical marijuana industry over here in Arizona. It was kind of a different realm for me, but it's like totally like a lot more accepting. If you know what I mean, like obviously I was put like down so much with millionaires, but still making music. Millionaires is never done too. That's one thing I want to say. Like it's just kind of like on the hiatus, but I still love to make music, love to perform. Been doing tons of emo nights, you know, pop ups in like all these different states. I have a couple coming up in like well, obviously this summer, you know, but just still in the music thing and obviously I'm making new music like I mentioned and I'm going to be coming out with my first single so I'm excited and nervous but I think it's going to be a good time. <laughs> when does that come out? Right now um, I just finished recording it so I'm going to be doing my music video in the next two months so I'm guessing um, summertime end of summertime would be when I want to release everything brand new. The summer jam. Oh yeah. Melissa's we'll gonna see. drop her summer jam. Oh yeah. What's it like when you do the emo nights now? I would imagine people are pretty excited about that. Oh yeah, emo nights actually are really fun because like the whole night is like the throwback of like all the songs and all the bands I've toured with, you know, first and foremost. The bands I actually grew up listening to. Um, it's fun to like, you know, do the little collab nights. I'm gonna be doing one with Broken Side coming up here. Uh, in Arizona but just getting to DJ a DJ a little bit sometimes depending on if there's a DJ or not but I just perform some millionaires songs and just party and just get to hang out with like all the people that used to come out to all of those big millionaire shows in the past and just kind of reconnect with them you can't nothing compares to that feeling you know what I mean like I guess on both ends I hope but like even on my side just to see those people again and tour like that aspect it's amazing. Emona is such an interesting thing to me because it's, you know, it's the same people that were there 10 years ago, but now people are mm -hmm. grown ups with office jobs and, you know, kids and stuff like that. You know, I would have never guessed that that would be a thing, but it seems to do really well. Oh my God, Finn, you have no idea. For Millionaires fans, we were all underage. So now everyone's the age like legally allowed to drink with us you know what i mean like back then we were like no one could like party people would come in wasted and there's all this controversy about it but now i can actually legally like party with my fans like for the first time like doing these emo nights these days it's amazing yeah you know i didn't i was a little older than you know that crowd at the time when it was happening so it took me a while to understand this but i noticed a lot of those myspace bands wouldn't really draw that well live and I was like, oh, that's that's weird. They're so big. Yeah. They're so big online. Why don't they draw live? And then I was like, oh, because their fans are 14 and they can't leave the house on a school night. Exactly. Like we'd have to do only do all ages club. I remember um, we did a tour with Mickey Avalon and he was sponsored by Jägermeister. The whole tour was sponsored by Jäger and we were the direct support. And we weren't even allowed in the venues because we weren't of age and all this stuff. You know what I mean? And like it was just crazy. So like, yeah, the same thing, though. The fans couldn't come. So we'd only have to do all ages. But our music was so based upon getting fucked up and you know that whole party aspect of like yeah. taking a couple shots together with us in the vip room we weren't allowed to do that even us we couldn't be in green rooms half the time so it was just totally different aspect i guess like from our point of view now you're like wait a minute you're not going to kick us out of the venue the second we're done playing <laughs> yeah now they're like oh like how much alcohol do you want in your rider i'm like oh really thanks like finally <laughs> after all these years <laughs> yeah well i have so many questions but i want to go back to like when i first heard of you was in 2009, I think it was, when the video for Alcohol came out. But I know by the time that happened, you had already been around for a while. And there were, you know, you already had a huge following of all these girls, you know, who looked up to you and wanted to be like you and stuff. Can you kind of talk to me about that period, like the pre-alcohol period? Because that's the part I don't really understand where you were, you know, you were a scene queen. I guess explain that to anybody who may not be familiar, because it's such an interesting thing to me. I know it's it's such a random like 
title for someone. But the scene thing totally came around when I was um, definitely in high school. It was before uh, Millionaires. I had started Millionaires or anything like that. You know, all my little friends and my little, you know, high school boyfriends were in bands. And the MySpace thing came out and it was a different realm. Like, I didn't have many friends in high school because I was kind of like, you know, the loner little scene kid. You're from Huntington, right? Yeah, I'm from Huntington Beach. I went to a private Catholic school. So totally different with me thrown into there. Uh, I went to college as a math major, too. So I loved school, but I just had no friends. So I just kind of fell into the whole different kind of group, I guess, you know, making friends. And I loved it, you know. So I, yeah, one of my, my first boyfriend ever was in a band and I would go to his little shows and just got kind of got not caught up in it but just loved it and then after that like I said MySpace had started and I actually met a lot of my friends that I still uh, have like to this day through MySpace not Twitter not Instagram not Facebook not match.com or any of these others you know online social media things it was just MySpace back then and even you know, the artists that are still big now, you know what I mean? I, that's where I met him, MySpace. <laughs> Talk to me about MySpace, because back then, you know, nowadays, of course, even huge companies and, you know, normal people understand that social media is a huge deal and can do all kinds of important things for your business. But nobody took MySpace seriously back then. Exactly. Like when, she, when you mentioned the whole scene queen aspect, it was the first kind of platform that you can dress what you like how you wanted to because I was like I said, I went to private Catholic school, I had to have one color hair I wasn't allowed to color my hair, even bleach my hair, I got suspended one day for just putting one strip of bleach in my hair. And it was just a mess. But so when you go home and you get to be yourself, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can do my makeup and like feel pretty and then, you know, just be yourself. Like, because I, I went to public school up until high school. So I was used to that aspect to be the scene queen situation. I just got to be myself at home and then just posted it online, took photos with some friends and just had a good time online. It was a little escape from reality, I guess. That was the, the first aspect, I guess, to like be myself and actually be able to promote myself and make friends that were like me rather than the friends that were, or friends I should make, quote unquote, you know, from my high school. You didn't set out to be famous or anything. You just kind of wanted to have fun and make friends. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't have any friends. I had like, I had like two really good friends in high school. They know who they are, you know, other than that. No, I just went to school to, to learn and then came home and um, I did ballet and golf. So I had a different realm of friends in that way, but it wasn't like me, you know, I love to perform. That's where I got my performing aspect. Actually, I did 15 years of ballet. So love the stage. And they told me I was fat. And so I didn't make the dance team. So I did the golf varsity golf though. But yeah, I just wanted to be me and just enjoy my myself rather than just be put down all the time. <laughs> and when did you realize that you were starting to get a following of people that you didn't know? It's so crazy. Um, Catfish is such a big thing nowadays. You know, I mean, there's a television show about it and everything. But back then, 15 years ago, I guess now, like when MySpace first started, I had so many people pretending to be me with my photos it was mm -hmm. just absurd and there's no one to like go to with that so I actually had talked to MySpace like personally I have to get these deleted because they're talking to other people you know using my photos back then you would take your ID and just take a photo of it on your phone and just message it to them like it was just totally different you know what I mean like it's kind of cool, you know what I mean? Like the trust was so there. Now there's no trust anywhere. Yeah. My mom would have freaked out, I guess, if I told her that now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you just show your ID or whatever and like take a photo with before even like you had your own URL, you know, all the numbers yeah, and yeah. whatever. I had to take a photo with that. Gets crazy though, but yeah. <laughs> when did you see like, oh, there's some girl from Germany like doing my thing? Like, well, how did this happen? 
oh, I would get messages from all over, like, well, if you type in my name when I would tell my friends, like, oh, like, you know, Melissa Green, you know what I mean, Melissa Marie, just look it up. There were so many of me, and I was like, whoa. I was like, I was so thrown off. They used, even used my own name, so not that, smart Yeah, that then. was totally a thing then, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and you didn't know which was the real one because there was no, like, verification or anything like there is now. No, and a couple times people would report me editing the photos because I didn't have the Photoshop thing. That was not a big thing back then of, like, you know, writing your own little URL and replacing it. MySpace would delete me back then, like my personal one. And I was like, with all the thousands of followers I had, but I had, I remember the last MySpace I had, um, I was deleted probably about 10 times on MySpace, but I think I had about like 200,000 friends or something crazy, <laughs> like even then. I don't remember how big numbers were on MySpace. Was that like a huge number? It was more of the views. You know what I mean? How many views your profile got. Got it. Okay. Now, yeah, it's kind of a different thing. Yeah. Now it's the how many people follow your page, I mm -hmm. guess, you know what I mean? Or how many friends you have on your page on Facebook. But back then it was like the views, the profile views, like millionaires had like 8 million or something at one point yeah. before we got deleted. <laughs> and there was like, I don't know what, like 20 or something other like scene queen type girl. I mean, there was zillions, but of the ones oh, yeah. that were like big, there was like, I don't know, 10 or 20 or something like that. There was a couple girls that had like, I had a different look because I didn't really assume that I was going to be like a scene queen, I guess, you know, because I didn't have like the dyed hair. You know what I mean? I had the big hair, obviously, mm -hmm. and the bow. But like a lot of people, that's when like that whole hot topic thing kind of came to be with like the little extensions with the raccoon tails. Yep. You, you know I mean? All that kind of stuff and the poses. <laughs> but you were one of the like top ones, right? Yeah, no, I was. I'm not going to do my own horn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, it just is what it is, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then when Millionaires came out, it really, like, pushed that, too. Yeah, because you were the only one. I, I mean, I didn't follow those people closely, but you're the only one I'm aware of that had any kind of, you know, legitimate music. Yeah, something came out of being the scene queen. Yeah, I took advantage of my following and did something with it before everyone else did. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of one of the things I wanted to ask you about is now, you know, if you, you know, basically a scene queen was just... That's what we would call an influencer now. And so much of what you guys were doing was kind of inventing the playbook for what it is to be an influencer now. And now if you're an influencer, it's like, okay, well, you get brand deals and you start a makeup company or a clothing company. You do this, 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 and this. But when you were doing that, like those opportunities just didn't exist. And so these people would have a huge following, but kind of not really know what to do with it. Believe me, and honestly, like... It is so crazy to think that, like, I am one of the first social media influencers before social media was, like, even a term. Yeah. That wasn't a term then at all. That's it true. Was just, it like, wasn't. No, it wasn't. And that's why, like, when they're like, oh, I'm an influencer, it's like, I did this before. Like, <laughs> like you and, did. Yeah. And to be honest, like, I know you saw the alcohol video, but that, um, because of the social media influence, technically, you know, what I mean, using those terms now that are available, we used to say, like, oh, like, look how many people like, like my MySpace page. You know what I mean? Like, look how many people see this. That was it. You know, yeah. I got all three of our music videos, our, our beginning music videos were paid for for free. It, it was, took a lot of work, but I got the Larry Flynn's Hustler Club back in the day for free with us being underage. And they let us in and just do it all. You know what I mean? Shout out to them. I love them. It's now a different club. But like all the people that helped, it was just because that was the beginning of that influence. Like these people have so much traction. Like, you know what I mean? Like Melissa has so much traction and so much of a following. Like it made sense, you know? And then 
I guess, yeah, to be honest, thank you so much for saying that. It really means a lot because a lot of people don't give me or, you know, millionaires the credit for doing all that first and foremost. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it now and it's so interesting to me. I mean, Jeffree Star is obviously like exactly. another great. I assume you probably must have known him back then or still do. Yeah, no, I, I, I did multiple shows with him. You know what I mean? Like he was right alongside of us with like Breathe Carolina. Yep. See, they went DJ. You know what I mean? Like I'm still in like the, you know, emo night scene stuff. Jeffrey did the cosmetic aspect. It is crazy, you know, but it's just we are the original people that like knew how to play, you know, just just to do that to get attention online which people back then thought was like why would you want to have a bunch of friends you don't even know yeah exactly but i responded to every the one thing i will say is like um i still have the tons of the fans that i do now no matter what account i create because i sat and talked to every single one of those people you know in person at the shows online ran everything because we never had a label it wasn't someone else running my accounts ever too that was another thing i still to this day run all my accounts you know and just talk to every single person so as far as getting those opportunities like you know getting those videos paid for and stuff like that was that all you doing that outreach and putting that stuff together or did you have help or definitely in the beginning and obviously my sister and uh you know other people we Mm -hmm. worked with um a couple management groups and everything once we started to really gain traction but the original thing was just me my sister and my friend just at you know just talking to a talking to an i you know a macbook the desktop at that point you know it was it it. we didn't have the laptop i'm trying to like even make myself look cooler no we just had the one desktop that you know we shared yeah in our one bedroom we were sharing the bedroom you know basic but (laughs) yeah and and you were like super young like when alcohol came out you were what like 18 or 19 or something when alcohol or first version because the music video that you saw it was was a redone version yeah the original song i was i was 17 yeah and my sister was 15, if I can remember. So yeah, wow. we were super underage, yeah. Once, obviously, when we were on Warp Shore, which was like, we started in August of 2007. And then we, Warp Shore, once everything kind of was remixed, per se, Warp Shore was 2009. And mm-hmm. I was 18 on Warp Tour or 19 on Warp Tour. So yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, totally underage. <laughs> it's wild that when you were 18 or 19, you'd already been doing this stuff for so many years. And I don't think people understand that, you know, when, when you look at people like you or like Andy Beersack, you know, who have, you guys have been doing this for 15 fucking years. I know. And I'm not that old. Either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, to me, that's amazing that somebody that young, I mean, when I was like 15, I probably stopped playing with GI Joes a couple of years before that, you know? Believe me, it was a different lifestyle that like, we pretty much made this lifestyle ourselves, you know, like at such a young age, it wasn't like our parents pushing us to do this. If anything, it's the opposite. It's like stay in school. You know what I mean? I still was going to college during that time, right after like the month after I turned 17 years old. So I was young graduating from high school right off the bat and then starting that right away after that, just different mindset. Where did you go to college? Cal State Long Beach. Okay. And for math? Yeah, I was a math major i didn't get to finish i went all three years but the last year we were just touring like crazy and my mom finally said she's like you can go back to school you know whenever you want but like obviously at this point and my sister was in the band too you know she we waited until she started her freshman year uh she went to cal state fullerton she was graphic design so it kind of helped you know what i mean i d- did the business aspect and she was totally like the help of like the whole graphic thing she would make our tour flyers ourselves because we didn't have a label you right. know half the time or management or whatever so we had to work together I booked all the tours for a bit too once we didn't have the booking agent. It's crazy. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that stuck out to me at the time and as, and especially does now that I'm older is just how DIY all that stuff was. Like 
from the outside, you know, people think it was like corporate hot topic or something like that, but it wasn't. It was just kids in their bedroom figuring this shit out. That's exactly what it was. You know, instead of hanging out with your friends and just like wasting your time watching television or playing some video games, we sat there and just got, you know, had a couple of drinks and just started talking shit to a computer. <laughs> right. Well, that's another thing I wanted to ask about, especially with you describing yourself the way you did in high school. It's interesting to me because, you know, I would think of you and your sister as being like the popular kids because in the scene, that's what you were. But, you know, yes. that that's, I guess, very different from the normal world. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that for my sister. My sister was really popular. You know what I mean? She was the party girl. She was the one kind of like uh, had tons of friends. I We just had different mindsets. You know what I mean? Well, how much of the millionaire's kind of persona is a character? Because, I mean, not to say that it's fake, but we've known a lot of the same people over the years. And, and I've never heard anybody say anything bad about either of you guys. And, you know, everyone says the exact opposite. You know, you guys sort of presented yourself as being super obnoxious party girls. But then in real life, you seem like very nice people. I guess when we made the music, how about this? To be honest, like we didn't expect it to be kind of our life, you know, turn into like our life and our job career aspect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When you're just having fun with your friends, it's like building something. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that was fun, you know, for the night. We didn't expect it to be so judged, you know, and for so many years, like it never goes away type thing either. That whole persona. And that's why even when we went on Bad Girls Club, my sister and I were kind of like, Oh, you know, like, is this good or bad for us? Because we aren't like this, you know, like that, like the other girls in Bad Girls Club are very ratchet. You know, I'm not <laughs> going to say anything because a couple of them are my friends, but like, that's just not how we are. And they know that it, uh, obviously it comes through if you do watch the episodes that we're just, we're vocal. Like, you know, we can just, you know, I'll verbally fight with you, but I'm just not like that. You know, I actually have words to use, I guess, rather yeah. than just like fists. You can't even make fists with the nails I have, you know, my <laughs> hand can't go into a fist. It'd break my nail myself. So no, but yeah, like I said, the, the whole persona of it all, like it was just to be fun and just like what you're feeling when you had your first couple drinks when you're like, 18 years old, you know, sure. like that first feeling of being drunk, having fun with your friends, like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy, when you're, you know, starting to date and having yeah. breakups and all that stuff. It was just that mentality at that age you know and then it just stuck and then it got more fun when we actually started to party and tour and had more stories to tell like, like oh now it's sort of real <laughs> here it is yeah it's like you get what you asked for you know what i mean yeah well hey friends my name is zach lupiton you may know me from the band dust bowl revival but i also host a music discovery podcast called the show on the road for the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. A songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, 
punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz. And up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music. And I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, Man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. Well, how, how does that feel? Uh, I, I know you mentioned this earlier and you've talked about it before. You guys got so much hate for that. How did that feel being so young and having people just say the most hateful shit about what to you is just kind of like a fun joke? You know, it's a funny question, honestly, just because I... I see how many people complain about the hate they get now. And every like every day you have all these people commenting on it's like, let's just say I post like, oh my God, like someone said this to me. And they have like all these comments from all these like people that are so nice. We got that back in the day, definitely from our fans. But we didn't have anyone to confide in back in the day. It was only the like me and my sister, the three of us, you know. Um, we had to rely on each other to get through those bad times rather than now. It's like, oh, here's all these hotlines and all this stuff, you know what I mean, about this hate. But I'm going to be honest, like, if, if we could get through it with no help, you know what I mean, and, like, the come on, though, you know. I, you, you People have, like, the opportunity to have the help now, like. And back then there was no such thing as, like, Can you, you imagine know. me going to a therapist or something and being like, oh, all these bullies online just, like, <laughs> hate call me fat every day and like you know what I mean all this stuff it's like they'd be like what what does that even mean like that wasn't like a thing at all then it must have hurt i mean you mentioned that a few times about people calling you fat 
I mean, that must sting. Even, you know, you guys have thick skins and you're smart, but I mean, people say shit about the way I look and sometimes it bothers me. Oh, it definitely took a toll, especially when you're touring. You're not living at home and everything's fast food, you know what I mean? And we're drinking on top of it, you know? Yep. And my girl, guys obviously tend to boo-boo it out faster than girls or something. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I did, me and my sister, like, we lost tons of weight. If you see, like, in between, within a two-year period, you know what I mean? We went straight to, like, the gym aspect because it does take a toll on your mind. You're like... I always believed a rule too. It's like if three people tell you you're too drunk to drive, you know what I mean? Don't drive. Yeah. So it's like, but here I have a million people telling me I'm fat. Like what kind of toll is that going to take on someone? Yeah. I mean, especially for a young girl, not to say that young girls are the only ones with body image issues, but I think it's probably worse for them. It could be anyone. It could be my dog. But if a million people are telling this dog, bad dog, you know what I mean? This dog is going to believe that it's bad. So it's a really hard aspect, especially like I said, back then when it wasn't normal, when you see everyone else getting the same comments on their stuff, everyone else is like putting all these other people on these pedestals you know what i mean during that time and it's like and here we are it's like calling us sluts and trash and da, da, da. it's like really because you don't know how many people i've had sex with or anything but okay you know like it's just a different it's totally different but yeah but it did hurt believe me i mean i'm a human being yeah i've talked to a couple other people like i mean i know like the guys in attack attack have talked about this now and it and it feels like some of these people who got that much hate back then like it almost took them like 10 years to like kind of recover from it and be able to look back on it now and be like kind of okay with even talking about it if that makes sense i've always been super open with like talking about all that stuff just because it had happened so early on you know we were such a target when we were on tour on warp tour actually we had broken side and like we had so much hate that they had to move us from the stages kevin lyman had to move us from the stages and we actually joked about like why are we spon- we shouldn't be sponsored by like all these people we should be sponsored by target and put a big target <laughs> on our tour bus and be like just throw this shit right here we're a moving target like i swear it was that bad back in the day you know and to deal with that it was just like high school all over again though like i don't know if obviously i'm sure you've been to the warp tours but like that whole when you're on the tour and you have to go and eat yeah we were totally like that's when we got to know jeffrey and like all the bands that were just like totally being ripped apart at the time we had to sit at our own table it was like i was just in high school again it's like what are, what's sad. going on here were the people in the bands cool to you for the most part or no yes and no there was just definitely some that just like totally disregarded us or totally just outlandishly like talked about us you know yeah. and i actually went up to a couple of the bands i don't really want to name some of them you know what i mean sure but a lot of them actually a good friend of mine i don't even think he would care at all but uh, my friend anthony from bayside originally he, the, everyone's against us being on this pop punk you know tour and we were randomly just partying with a couple people on his bus one night on the bayside bus and we went on and i told i was sitting next to him and then i was talking to him just like as like a you know general and he had posted something really rude and I told him, I was like, you know, I love your band. You know, I've paid to see your band before, you know, growing up in high school and everything. And it's like, it sucks that you just talk so much shit about me. Like just totally called him out on it. Yeah. And he was one of the first people who retracted his, his statement during like that whole blog thing back in the day. And like, it really meant a lot to us. And I'm, I'm still friends with him. You know what I mean? Like, good friends with him so that was anthony that did that yeah great guy honestly yeah he had a he has an actual heart and it was it was just a fad i guess back then to hate it's like i guess that that realm of music too it's like the you know i don't i don't know i think it's a lot of people who you know are used to being on the outside and now it's their turn to be the bully yeah but they weren't i mean i'm not gonna call them bullies you know what i mean it's just a persona type thing too you know and that was was cool back then well that's true too yeah i think a lot of them probably didn't even mean it they were just saying it because everyone else was the moment he was like straight outside he was just like sitting down talking with you i'm a whole different person than what i am perceived online which is fine you know for the better too i guess yeah it's not the opposite way like 
like I'm like a schoolgirl on the thing and then I'm just, you know, ratchet at home. It's yeah. But I really appreciated that. And then after that, like I did like the whole warp tour thing. I just I really told the bands that like were talking shit about us, like, I paid to see you before, you know what I mean? And I'm not paying to pe- like to play this. Like I'm being paid to play this. I'm also happy to see that people are now kind of starting to give you guys some more credit. Like there was that paper that did that article like last year about you paper magazine yeah they reach out like yeah it's amazing just to see finally the turnaround of like honestly it would be so nice to just show like all it is nice like for like all the quote-unquote bullies that have like put us down the past to be like wow they are real people and like they don't deserve this and we're not half as bad as like what is out there right now even you know we did it first too yeah well how do you feel when you see an influencer now doing something that you kind of came up with 10 or 15 years ago, I mean, I'm sure you're not bitter, but is it just kind of interesting to see how accepted that is now? It's definitely a smirk. I don't know if you ever saw our Just Got Paid Let's Get Laid music video, but we just, we spent like all this money at Petco buying these leashes and putting these guys on these leashes in our music video. And I don't remember who it is, but like someone at one of the award shows, like, came out with these three guys on the leashes or something and like you know and like i was tagged in it all you know and the big bows too so there's a girl like a young girl with the bows and everything and i always get tagged and all that stuff and it's like yeah like i did do it first and at least the people that like do follow me or have followed me for like all these years actually give me the credit still to this day you know that's all that matters to me it's it's nice though for the support (laughs) well you're also probably one of the few people from back then that still has like a good sized following and i think a lot of those people have probably followed you for a really long time how have you seen those people like change and grow over time because like i mean i have some people that have followed me since they were in like high school and now some of them are married and have kids and i think it's really cool to see oh yeah i mean i got married but i I still am me though i mean I'm, i'm divorced now or whatever i'm not like married anymore but yeah growing up or whatever like with those with all my fans like they grew with me so it is like i said i i talked to all of my fans back in the day at every show every time we'd tour you know the same venues type thing always the small venue tours most likely but i actually grew with them you know i saw them once a year technically you know and they would always come back I would always send like my big fans like free merch and everything. And I kind of fucked up this question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just curious how you've seen them like grow over time. And if there's like anybody in particular where, I don't know, somebody you met 15 years ago that ended up in a really unexpected or cool place in life that you're still in touch with. Oh, yeah. No, tons of my fans are honestly like, they've turned out to like grow up so amazingly well like they can be themselves a lot too and a lot of people have the people that really stuck out obviously are the people who got the millionaires tattoos on them like my portraits on them from back in the day like like 15 years ago and to see them still have the tattoos now i don't know it's amazing what advice would you have for someone i mean considering that you have been doing this probably about as long as anybody on the planet <laughs> you, i mean you you have I'm no Britney you know? Spears, Finn, but <laughs> but on but internet that's different True. No, very it's different. True. Very like true. being being famous through, you know, the mainstream system where you have a team behind you and stuff like that, I think is a different thing than being Internet famous. I mean, I'm sure they're similar in a lot of ways, but I think it's different to me. I've never been Britney Spears famous, so I don't know. 
Exactly. I don't really know how to like, you know, be on that level. But at the same time, she's got such a big team. You know, the bigger you are, the bigger your team is. I've been so, I guess, like grounded throughout this. I guess that's a perfect word for me. Like I'm a very grounded person, very humble person and stuck to these roots type thing. The one thing that is different, especially being an online celebrity or what have you, scene queen. (laughs) Influencer (laughs) is such a bad word, isn't it? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't like it, but there's no better. I mean, I don't know. I know. We got to make up a new term. See how the social media came along. We just got to make up a new term. But just being who I am and, you know, the realm that I am in, per se, is just I do talk to I get the chance. How about this? I get the chance to talk to every single person and have a a personal interaction with every single person. And they don't always have to buy the ticket to do that. Mm -hmm. Like I will respond to the DMs like I comment back. I it's just personal, you know, I'll like their like their photos myself and like keep up with them. Even if I don't see them, I haven't toured, you know, for a couple of years, but I can still keep up with them via social media rather than just here's my song on the radio and then like me being cool and like you know like oh i'm too cool to like meet yo and stuff i always think that's weird it's like i mean you're way more well known than i am but i mean i read all my comments and i read exactly. every dm and reply exactly. to as many as i can i think it's weird when people don't i don't know if it's an ego thing or what you know or obviously like people are busy too but yeah like, i mean you can't yeah so at some point you just can't I also said, too, like, oh, with the hate thing, though, honestly, with that, like, uh, me, my sister, and Danny, you know, when Millionaires first started, when we were getting these hate comments, I said, we do not respond to a hate comment before we responded to every single good comment Mm. or liked a photo from every single person that has commented or liked our photo. When we run out of those, then we can go to the hate thing. That's so smart because it's like you get a hundred nice comments and you get three shitty ones and you instantly want to focus on the shitty ones. And the bad influencers go straight, or I mean, not even influencers, but just like these people go straight to the bad comments and give them the props and then they wonder why they get more of it. That's the attention that those people want. I want to give the attention to the people that actually listen and know the song and know me you know like my photo so i get more likes you know like that or share my stuff every time that's a good thing yeah that's been my number one motto since millionaires day one when you said like it's like how did you guys get through that it was like you have to because if you only focus on like why are you looking through like if i have 100 comments like oh okay they have all this fire emoji why are you scrolling through all that the nice stuff and then only focusing on the one that says you're fat I mean, I totally do that. Like, I'll read my comments like, oh, cool, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then one person says something shitty, and I instantly want to reply. And I noticed... why? Nope, nope. I noticed myself doing that the (laughs) other day. I'm so happy you said this, because I was thinking the same. I was like, man, I've been replying to a bunch of these nasty comments and ignoring the nice people. Like, that's kind of fucked up. Isn't that horrible? Can you imagine, like, just responding to one DM in your thing from someone mean instead of responding to mine? Then, come on. Why would you do that? (laughs) That that would be a mistake. It would be. (laughs) So what advice would you have for somebody who, let's say, let's say it's, you know, you meet the younger version of yourself, who's, you know, a 15 or 16 year old guy or girl that wants to build a following for themselves on the internet that wants to be, they're like, hey, Melissa, I want to be an influencer. What advice would you have for that person as somebody who's done it for a decade and a half now? I chose to do like the whole party aspect, which I was living at the time, you know, I was very careful with like what I put out the content you put out too, because you'll always be known for it, even if it's a mistake, even if you're drunk one night and you put something Mm -hmm. out, you're always known for it. So that's the first thing, like first and foremost, make sure that whatever content you put out is what you want to have stick with you in the future. Like if you want to be a makeup artist, you don't have to be like naked putting your makeup on, you know, like you can just do it correctly. And then just what we were talking about earlier, just for every mean comment, you know what I mean, that you're going to get, if the better you do, you want the mean comments out of that. You yep. want the mean comments. That means you're doing it well. But make sure that you respond to every single nice comment before you even think about the rude comments. And you'll forget about that comment. 
because there's going to be another rude one that comes in and you're going to have to continue on. So it like it clears your mind from the bad that hurts you inside. Honestly, it really does. It's like a cleanse. And, you know, I was looking at some comments the other day and I saw that I had replied to some shitty one. I didn't even remember doing it. Oh, yeah, so I, that's, that's the adrenaline in you there. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? Why did I do that? What a fucking dumb waste of time. That makes me look so stupid. And then it shows your fans, though, too. That's like, why are you responding to this guy? And I've commented on every, like, 50 of your videos, and you haven't responded to me. Yeah, and I felt so stupid for realizing that I did that. Yeah, that's okay, though. Everyone will learn and grow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, Finn, you have so much to learn about this game. Hey, I am 15 years in the game. So. That's right. Like, like Grandma <laughs> Melissa tell you how it's done. Oh, God, don't say that. <laughs> My birthday's this week, next week. Don't. Don't say that. I'm only 20 and some change, though, so I'm good. <laughs> That's right. Just tell everyone you're 23 forever. Just like, why well, just turn 23 about six years ago? <laughs> so one, it was one interesting thing you said there, which I kind of noticed. I guess as much of a reputation as you guys had as being these like you know party animal fuck up whatever you guys never actually did anything bad that i recall like you've never had any kind of you know scandal or melissa said this or did that like it's just it's really it seems like people reacting just to the stuff that you kind of very deliberately put out Okay, I'm totally going to knock on wood right now for saying this, but yeah, none of us have had a DUI or gotten arrested or anything like that, which you would assume, you know what I mean, like right. from us. Yeah, I'm totally knocking on wood right now because I can't have that <laughs> or anything. But you know what I mean, though? Like, it's you're, you're right. Yeah, we just, we're good people, all of us, you know what I mean? Me, Danny Alley, you know, like, we just, we were good. And I don't recall you ever saying anything nasty about anyone ever. Like I said, the one thing I told us all to do, you know what I mean, from day one, still to this day, you know what I mean? I know each, like every girl too, like incorporates it. It's just like, why do that? You know what I mean? Just to get a rise out when you're obviously just getting a rise out of those people already. They want that response, but. Well, it, it just seems like you guys did such a good job of kind of managing that of like knowing if we put this thing out there, people are going to react, but they're going to react in, in kind of exactly the way that we want them to. Does that make sense? Exactly. The only time we kind of ever said anything was when Kesha came out. I know it sounds stupid. I don't want to even bring that up. But that was the one time that we had to be wary about what we said. But it just really didn't seem fair that no label wanted to take a chance on us. And then this person admittedly, like, said that they were copying our music you know it was like in the paper type not in paper but like you know online yeah saying that they were copying millionaires you know what i mean but just putting into one girl it's strange to me that there wasn't more label interest like is that did you ever get an answer for that or like how serious were you about music or are you i guess i should say Oh, well, I am obviously like very serious about music. It's my whole life. But back then, um, we did have label interest, definitely. Like, we were with a really great um, crush management. Yeah. We worked with Artery, and uh, Dave Shapiro was, he, I love Dave to this day, you know. But they, uh, Artery Foundation, and well, it was the booking agency back in the day with, yeah. the, with Dave was with. But they, was, they were putting us with different bands, you know what I mean? They loved us, and we loved them, but it just didn't make sense going on tour with these hardcore bands all the time, yeah. you know? We were so placed in a realm that we didn't fit. But like, obviously, we made the money and we got our name out there and our fans came out no matter what. So that's where it kind of got tricky for us because we were so labeled as this crunk core stuff that you know, I mean, even you mentioned. But like, yeah. I was just kind of joking. Um, we had a day off one time 
on Warp Tour, we played in Tennessee and we opened for a day to remember. And the fans were sold out, of course, you know. Yeah. And the fans threw dollar bills at us. And it was like, we just didn't fit. Is with, that good like, or bad? I, I, I'd be I wasn't okay with sure. them throwing dollar bills. I just bills. really wasn't sure because I was like, at least I'm getting tipped for this, yeah. I guess. But like, you know what I mean? You know, you know what I mean? The aspect of that, that mindset yeah. back in the day. I was like, and this was on Warp Tour. You know what I mean? I was what, 18, 19 years old. I was like, what's going on here? Like, we just, so that's when we tried to branch out to the pop realm. It was like the hard hardcore realm was too hardcore we didn't fit in that the pop world it wasn't like now when you know when you're mentioning like cardi b and all these people who are like it's okay to be like mm -hmm. a stripper and like all this you know and that crazy ass like taking drugs and stuff like it's okay now we were in that middle section it was too early for us women kind of had to be squeaky clean back then in pop exactly it was just during that time it was that's when lady gaga was out kesha came out after millionaires obviously so like i guess she was the first one who pushed that envelope yeah but it wasn't even as raunchy as what we were i guess you know in their minds were so no it was like the toned down like exactly. you know, the edited version of it because you get you guys just like just said it and she would like hint at it we toned it down right after she came out we switched it we did a song called stay the night and we did sign over in england we did sign to a label over in England, Be Unique. They were, they're amazing, though, too. I love them. But that's when we were overseas, and then that's when well, the band kind of split. Yeah. That was a really good song, by the way. I like that Thank one Thank you lot. so much. Yeah. But it was it was clean, but to the point. You know what I mean? Just like the, yeah, you know, the incentive of, you know, the sexuality aspect of it. Yeah, but it was, it was a nice song. Like, I, I, I felt you. like I was kind of expecting, you know, things. It was like, oh, well, they, I mean, I like the old stuff, but like, that song was definitely a step up in like the pop kind of direction. And I was kind of expecting things to. Yeah. To kind of take that turn. Believe me, we yeah. kind of did too during that time. I do want to shout out to Robbie Starbuck. He did all of these amazing music videos for this whole scene. And he took a chance on us and did all those three music videos. You know what I mean? That we have the big numbers with. And he like, yeah, some people did believe in us. You know what I mean? And I'm appreciative of all that too. But that whole thing in England kind of fell apart. So we came back to the States, regrouped, just me and my sister. And then kind of did the DJ thing though, you know, just to kind of keep up with the times. We still were trying to find ourselves, you know? I mean, and you were still so young then. You were like 21 or something like that. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's weird to think about like having like the second arc of your career and trying to find yourself at 21. Yeah, you don't expect that at all. It's not like midlife crisis or anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cool that, I mean, you got to experience more out of life than most people ever will by the time you were 22. Oh, yeah. Like, believe me, the amount that we travel just based, you know, that's the whole thing it comes back to social media, you know? We could be hated here. You know, everyone's talking shit about us here. But we were able to go, you know, so many bands don't get to travel and go overseas and everything. I even ended up marrying someone from overseas, you know, like the amount that we got to travel and just actually like see the world with your best friend, too. You know what I mean? Like my sister was my, is my best friend. And yeah. like just to do that, you know, and the other bands, too. We even went with Broken Side and all these you know other bands too and it was just so fun to actually get to do that like a lot of people even to this day even when they retired don't even get to do that or too old to actually experience what you want to you know that party aspect we got to party everywhere and sing our songs and just get fucked up for real legally finally <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it is interesting that you guys kind of just didn't really have a home back then as far as a scene i think now you would like there is that scene of kind of i guess you would call it like alternative pop like kim petrus type kind of scene where I think you guys would fit in really well now. It should be called the millionaire scene. Okay. We should just change it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll file the paperwork to have yeah. the name officially changed. <laughs> I know, right? The hashtag just needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, the other thing I wanted to ask about was bad girls club. I never watched that show. Not because I, it's just not 
a show that like an adult man would ever watch, you know? Not that I was too, I just literally didn't even know about it while it was happening. How did that happen? And like, tell me about that experience. I guess that was like, um, well, believe me, it's, it's all over the place with that one. But Bad Girls Club, um, they did a sisters edition. Whenever they posted about like recruiting sisters, all of our fans, for some reason, you know, because I mean? we didn't really watch that show. We'd seen maybe a couple episodes, you know, but I didn't know what really we were getting into either. We got all these requests in from these fans and then they reached out to us, the Bad Girls Club people. It was a Twisted Sister edition. So I was like, I told my sister. Oh, my okay. sister yeah, so it was a sister edition. It wasn't just like the single girl goes in and just like has to fend for herself. You come in with an ally type thing, you yeah. know? So I told my sister too, she works out, like I don't work out, I'm very like unathletic, but she's super like it fit and everything. And she was like, she's like, well, you know that I can like beat up, you know, and like if something happens, like, you know, I can take care of it. And I was like, are you sure? Because like, I really like can't defend myself like physically. And, but we tried out for it and um, we were actually we were on tour. We had like a show the first day of filming or the, when they had to fly us out for the first one. So we couldn't be the OGs, but that was just because we couldn't do it. So, but they kicked someone out and we were the next people in type thing. So they brought us in. And so we didn't know what we were going into either because these people had already been in there for a week or so. It's because we we're their replacement or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was a different experience. Like I said, uh, a lot of people like to fight in different ways. And I don't know. We just we left when my sister started fighting everyone. <laughs> we're like, okay, <laughs> right. it's time to go. She said, like, yeah, like when we got into like two fights, two nights in a row. And, I was, and she was like, I just got to go. I was like, this is fine. I was like, I don't need to be here. I can't be here without you. You know, like, so we ended up leaving just like, like, like the last week or something like that. But definitely an experience for sure. But it's way more than what's shown on the show. Well, I'm sure. I mean, I can't get it really get into detail. Obviously yeah, yeah. Because it's way harder than it looks it's not the reason you fight isn't just because you hate the person it's just because you're just so it's like a jail do you remember that show the ultimate fighter yes i talked to a couple of people that were on that show and it sounds fucking horrible i don't know i'm guessing every show is different you know but also too i will say if i was able to like survive that then i know that i can survive any other like situation <laughs> like that was extreme girls are extreme too i will say you know that's true and one bathroom. Oh, see, that's a smart move on the producer's part. If you want to get the girls pissed off, make them share a bathroom. With no door. <laughs> oh, there you go. There it is. And it's just like, in one, you know what I mean? You only have one, like, the mirror aspect, too. And, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a difficult one, you know, to live, like, for a month. Wh no where was too. that? Oh, it was filmed in um, Calabasas area, you know, oh, okay. um, Chatsworth, something, uh, yeah. Los Angeles area. Yeah, okay. Well, you didn't have to go too far from home, at least. We were living in, like, Vegas. We had to fly out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that show's pretty big, though, right? There's a lot of seasons of it. I think it's still going on now, but that was the only one that was a sister season, so I can't believe we got on that one. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was crazy to me to hear about that. You know, just anytime I remember these MySpace people you know, like Jeffrey or you guys or, you know, Andy or any of these people that I see in the real world now, uh, it's always interesting to me to see and I always get excited about it. So, <laughs> well, I've taken up enough of your time. Thank you so much for explaining all this to me and giving us a look behind the scenes of the scene queen days. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or get out there or promote or anything like that? 
Oh, no, I just want to say you're a sweetheart, Finn. Thank you for everything you've done for us, too, you know, and me, obviously. Um, but I am going to be doing my own single, like you mentioned, Melissa Marie's first single. So it's going to actually, my song does kind of touch on, like, well, the song's going to be called Honest. And so it is me being honest, but, like, in a nice way. But it's just about the Warp Tour days, actually. I mentioned the Warp Tour of, like, believing what you've heard type thing, but how it is such a blur to me and just, yeah, just starting over and being me like the real me so it'll be good i'm excited what name is that going to be under it's going to be under melissa marie okay gotcha and that'll be in all the typical places spotify and everywhere else that we find stuff oh yeah it's gonna be everywhere believe me i'm gonna start my little you know social media promotion mm -hmm. influencer that's right thing, you know you that's know how right. that works <laughs> So, well, what are your goals with that? Like, do you just want to put out music occasionally or do you want to start like going hard on that again? Or where, where do you want to take that? To be honest, I I don't want to say I'm nervous because I love the song and I, I know I can do it, you know, but like it is going to be different to perform and be me by myself without my sister. It's kind of hard. Like I said, Millionaires is not done. We're still going to always have the Millionaires aspect, but I do the emo nights by myself and everything. But to have like my own song out there by myself, is going to be definitely a different mindset, you know, no one else to lean on in the, mm -hmm. you know, to come and kind of gather up the pieces when they're broken. So I don't know, a little bit nervous, but I know my fans have my back and as long as I believe in it, which I do, I just want to have fun again and just be me. Just put out some singles when you feel like it and see what happens. We'll see what they think. You know, the first song we'll definitely see. But the song that I did, like I am going to put out, it originally was a totally different, not genre, but more, um, I don't want to say EDM, but more like club vibe, you know, just mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, that kind of realm, like the music DJ, you know, a DJ worthy song. But I still wanted, I still wanted to cater to like the people who love my music first, you know, kind of transition it into something else if it were to. But I can't get rid of that whole, my whole like, you know, Melissa Marie, MySpace, Millionaire's vibe. I just can't. It's just too hard. No, and you shouldn't. That's who you are. It's so hard. You know what you should really do? Is. You should do some features on some of these emo rappers songs. I really should. I honestly, you're like, you're reading my mind, honestly. Like, I'm trying to think about the what best way to put the song out. I'm going to send it to you, Finn, so you can listen to it. Yeah, You'll please definitely do. Give me some pointers, you know, but. And like who you think, but like it is a hard one just because it's not the word millionaires on it, but it's technically like a millionaire song. It's me being honest about like everything that kind of happened, like, you know, while like me, Melissa Marie was like, you know, in the band and like what you should believe about me and how they treated me, you know, it's kind of a crazy mindset just written nicely. So I will keep an eye out for it. I'll definitely let everybody know when it comes out. If you're listening to this. Go follow Melissa and make sure that you keep uh, your ears peeled for it too, if that's the right word. I don't know. Well, thanks again for doing this. Thank you, Finn. All right, my friends. That does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that, and you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works, too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. 
We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>